Well, as you probably noticed, that gospel story doesn't end well. And just to give you a little preview, this service doesn't end on a high note either. Every other Sunday of the year, the service ends joyfully with one of the clergy, sometimes with the help of one of the children in the congregation, proclaiming, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. But this Sunday is different. There's no go in peace. Instead, the service ends just as the reading did, in silence. In today's gospel, we leave with the women sitting in stunned silence at the tomb of Jesus, and the service ends in the same quiet contemplation of the crucifixion. The service begins happily. There's the procession and the psalms and the singing, but we end with the crucifixion. There's no hopeful reframing of the situation, no look ahead to Easter, no relief from the reality. The Passion Gospel asks us to be the crowd and to shout, let him be crucified. And so we have to face the fact that if we had been there, we might have been in that murderous crowd. We like to think of ourselves as basically nice, but this service pushes us to think about the people we've hurt, the mistakes we've made. We're left with the fact that terrible things happen, not everything works out in the end. It's a dark place, emotionally and spiritually, and it's not easy to go there. It's particularly difficult to stay there for any length of time. And that's probably a good thing. The core of the Christian message, after all, isn't death. It's resurrection. We all know that optimism is important. And looking at the world with hope and with gratitude is an essential spiritual practice. And that's what Christianity encourages the other 51 and a half weeks of the year. But this Sunday is different. This Sunday leaves us journeying to the cross. And that brings us face to face with darkness, darkness in the world, darkness within ourselves. We're being asked to contemplate pain and death and loss, cruelty. And it's worth asking why. What's the value of ending in that dark place? For one, there's a lot of truth about human life in that cross. It's not fun to think about but pain and death are part of life for every one of us. And one of the most beautiful and important things about Christianity, I think, is how frank it is in acknowledging that fact. Those of you who are fans of the radio show This American Life might know commentator Sarah Vowell, who's fond of saying, there's one and only one clear-cut case when you can ask yourself what Jesus would do and be sure of your answer. What would Jesus do? He would die. It's built into our faith. Acknowledgement of suffering and death is an integral part of Christianity. So often when we're in the midst of difficulty, we can feel isolated, alone. We can feel like we brought all this on ourselves, that it's our fault. But the cross is there to remind us that in Christianity, there's no blaming of the people that are hurting. There's no suggestion that they did something to deserve it, or that if they could only change their perspective, it would all go away. 
No, instead, at the very core of our faith is a suffering God who is with others who are suffering. And so when we contemplate everything that Jesus went through, the physical pain, abandonment, betrayal, humiliation, the fear that God had rejected him, we contemplate all these things not to be morbid, but to remind ourselves that when they happen to us, and they will, we're not alone. When we come to Christ with our sadness, we're talking to someone who's been through it. We're not speaking to a God who stands away from us, looking down and evaluating our situation clinically, or judging how well we're coping. We're talking to a God who knows what it is to hurt. We're talking to a God who gets it. When we're suffering, God's position is not above us, but beside us. And we contemplate the cross today to remember that truth, that Jesus has gone into the darkness ahead of us. And so even at our worst moments, we are not alone. And because we know we're not alone, we're able to be there for others who are hurting as well. Because another reason to contemplate the cross today is that unless we learn to face pain honestly, our capacity for compassion is severely limited. We need practice in accessing that deep part of ourselves that knows grief and fear because we need to be able to go there with other people. Maybe some of you have had the experience of telling someone that you're really struggling only to sense that they're uncomfortable and they just want the conversation to end. Maybe they're worried they don't know how to fix it. Maybe they're concerned that you'll drag them down with you. But for whatever reason, they just can't listen. The worst example I've ever experienced is when a friend of mine in college got dysentery during a foreign trip. She missed a lot of class. She didn't have health insurance, so she got into debt. And she showed me a letter laughing from a relative that said, We're so sorry you're down. I suggest that you try what helped me through a rough patch, a positive mental attitude, lots of tennis, and singing Elvis to myself. Most of us aren't that bad, but when people around us are hurting, we don't need to be able to feel what they feel, but we do need to be able to listen and to be present with them without shutting down or trying to sort of cheer them out of it. We need to be aware and comfortable enough of the dark side of life to be able to be present and caring with people that are hurting. This is also true on a larger scale. We want to be useful in the world, if we want to carry on Christ's work of love and compassion, we have to be able to face evil and suffering. We have to be able to face the reality of how broken the world is in order to help. If we can't take in the reality of the suffering that's going on in Syria or at San Quentin just down the road, we won't be motivated or educated enough to really help. And part of the wisdom of this part of Holy Week is that it gives us a kind of practice. We think about the crucifixion. We spend some time in prayer, facing honestly the darkness in ourselves and out in the world. And in doing that, we grow in our ability to face the dark side of life honestly and without being overwhelmed. We develop sort of spiritual muscles that allow us to love and care for others with more depth and compassion. And then when Easter Sunday comes, the power of the resurrection hits us in a new way. 
We have a new sense of what we've been rescued from. And that joy just rolls over us and fills us up. The cross gives way to the empty tomb. And because we've seen the darkness, we appreciate the light all the more. Amen.